Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. I'm Kirsty Rice and together with Nikki Moffat, we're the Two Fat Expats. I am currently in Adelaide in South Australia. Nikki is in Copenhagen in Denmark. Now, each week on the podcast, we talk about expat life um, because we've both been expats for over 20 years now. And let's just go right ahead and introduce. Hello, Nikki. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. It's a sunny Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's Father's Day in Australia. Of course, lost my father last year, Nikki. So it's a, it's a bit of a weird one. And I have a husband that's in a different country. So the children were very, very good. They went ahead and organised the Prezi and made a little video for the WhatsApp group and um, sent little messages, but it's still not quite the same. Now, you've got the same thing because you have a father in Australia who, how long has it been now? Yeah, it's Christmas 2019 since we were in Australia. And uh, my father, coincidentally and very helpfully, has his birthday on the, the 4th of September. Oh. So. <laughs> Every year it's a big reminder it's going to be Father's Day this week because it's also Dad's birthday. So mm. we called yesterday and spent quite a long time talking to him. So I never know, like, do I call again today? Do I send a message? How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> I look, I'd be anyway. quite, I would be quite happy to scrap Father's Day. And I felt like that pre-losing my father. I just think as humans, are we really that poorly behaved that we can't celebrate our family and you know I just think in the world of social media so what I've had today in social media is half a feed full of um, you know here's my dad look at my dad this is my dad and this is us being together and cute kind of things you know my kids have done the same thing and then the other half is people who are remembering the dads that are no longer here and reaching out to those who maybe had terrible fathers or who just recently lost their fathers or did whatever. And I find, I find those messages just as difficult as the blaring, you know, where's your dad message. Do you know they're both... I think, why don't we just, do we really need to do this if it is difficult for some and not for others? Can we just celebrate and our families whenever we like? No, we can't because it's always the lowest common denominator. It's always <laughs> like, it's for the people that don't do it all the time. So look, I hear what you're saying and I do find it difficult. Mother's Day, I find really difficult. Uh, mm. because since I lost my mother, but I, Mother's Day and Father's Day, I get it. Every year you go through the, do we need to have it? Can we not just celebrate our families? But, you know, I think some parents find it nice. Some parents somewhere find it nice. And so for them, mm. we should keep it. Um, I did have one thing that I want to tell you about, because I want, whether it's coincidence or a message, but last, this time last year, uh, I obviously did, get, I had my last Father's Day with my father. And have you heard of a plant from South Africa? Uh, it has the most beautiful flower. It's called a clivia, C-L-I-V-E-A, yes. yes. right? And yeah. so this time last year I was sitting outside of my uh, mother's and I noticed this plant. I, I cannot believe I'd never noticed it before, but my dad was sitting there and I said, God, what is that flower? That is absolutely stunning. And Dad said, oh, it's a clivia. He said, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? He said, it's my favourite as well. I love it when it comes out and blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, you should you should take some and then go and put it in your garden and it'll be there next year. And it was one of those poignant moments, you know, when you go, you're not going to be here next year. Um, yeah. You know, when, when someone's talking about the future. Sorry to get sad, but it's fine. Um and anyway, so then my mum went through the hole. We had to get an axe and we had to cut it in half. And yeah, my dad, because they're really, they're those type of plants in a pot that you'll find snail shells in and all sorts of things. So they get very dense and very, and uh, anyway, I have put it like, cause I, I had to put it somewhere safe where I didn't think it was going to get too hot and whatever. And I put it near my bedroom window and I've kind of looked at it often thinking of my dad and um having to get it cut up and whatever and uh I said to my mum 
about a week ago when I went to the Riverland, I said, oh, my clivia, it, it hasn't flowered, like it hasn't done anything. And she said, no, it won't. Um, it really needs a year to kind of get pot bound before it'll flower. And I was like, oh, and I was just a little bit down because it was one of those conversations I'd had with him and I thought we were going to have yep. this moment. So this morning I wake up. No. Totally. <laughs> there it was. Oh, my goodness. I know. <laughs> It's very emotional, Kirsty. Uh, you want to get rid of Father's Day? Oh, shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I can't believe I hadn't because it's quite a substantial kind of flower. Do you know? It's a real, yep. uh, no, I don't no, even it, know how you describe it, right? And it hasn't, well, the bud's there. Like it hasn't flowered, but this thing has come up that's, you know, the size of a hand. <laughs> it's like that's literally just come up. And yeah, so I, I, if I was having a cynical day, I'd say it was just a coincidence. But I did think, oh, that's nice. Maybe it's that there. is nice. That yes. is lovely. All right, on to the expat stuff, Nikki Moffat. I need to ask you a question. So we are downsizing in Qatar, which we talked to. I've talked to you about before, in that we lived in the in the very much the family compound. And we lived on the side of town where the school was and everything we did was focused on our family, our children and their needs and their activities and whatever for them. And we always thought that when the children were gone, we would then choose apartment life and we would move to the other side of town where there tends to be more people that don't have school-aged children because the schools aren't there. Um, But it does have lots of cafes and restaurants and walking paths and biking paths and, um, you know, a more sort of cosmopolitan lifestyle. So poor old G went back with that job entrusted in him of, you know, to go and find an apartment. And I have to say, Nikki, I have trust issues (laughs) when it comes to these things. And it struck me, it goes back to 2004, when my husband moved to Calgary and chose us a house that was literally pink, salmon pink, and it was pink on the outside, pink on the inside. It was pink walls, pink carpet, pink curtains, pink kitchen. I didn't even know you could do that. Pink <laughs> bathtub. Like it was awful. And it was also right next door to a crack house. So That's basically right. <laughs> we moved in. My husband went off to China, as you do when you've got three children under the age of three and you've lumped your wife in a new country. And he went off to China and on about day three, we had the street get cordoned off with the police running across the road with guns and and knocking down doors and, you know, whatever the house was condemned. You're one of those people you see in, in, a, in a newscast with the, the stroller on the front steps looking at the police at the next door house just going, yeah. I had yeah. no idea. Oh, dear. I just, they're lovely neighbours. I just moved in. So, Nikki, how does one approach this situation? Because I tell you what, it's hard to keep on a level happy marriage playing field when one of you is busting their gut going out meeting real estate agent after real estate agent after real estate agent and getting told all sorts of conflicting evidence and they're working all day and they're they're obviously thinking you know if Kirsty was here this would be her job and she would be doing this um and they're fed up with it and they're not enjoying it but also they hold all the power like they hold the power of two bedroom or three bedroom or will I just jump up that extra price bracket into this or do we need you know a gym do we not need a gym do we need whatever anyway I wanted to ask your advice have you done it have you had to sit back and trust have you had to just arrive and go well this is it what would be your advice I look I have and I think that so I was thinking about this and we have chosen together Less than we've chosen apart, I think. But the big thing for us was moving from Hong Kong to South Africa and Sam was there for three months and he would go and see houses and see houses. And really it was before 
sharing video on phones mm. or before FaceTime. So it's a different feel. It's a different world when you just take some photos and send them in an email. Like I think Absolutely. that that's different to being able to sort of do a walkthrough and, and open and close doors and, and say, what's in that cupboard and what, why is that corner like that? And yeah. uh, so I think that I did that and I think I talked about this before, but he kept going back to this house saying it's awful, it's horrible, old people live here, it smells like old people. We're probably now those old people. But so he just, <laughs> he just, and I was like, don't look at that, look at like the rooms without, thinking that like without thinking of of the things that are in there now I'm not really good at visualizing either anyway he eventually said look I'm really worried about this house but it was the only one in the end and and this is the one we've got and it turned out it was a great place and we we had a really good time there when we liked it when we moved to Germany I flew by myself with a girlfriend and I did two days of looking at apartments and houses and I never sent anything back I just said, this is, this is the one I've chosen. And I did extensive videos of my final choice. But I didn't provide the options because I didn't want any, any feedback from the other side. Yes. I'm not <laughs> interested like, in feedback. Hang on, what about this? Yeah, no, no. I've made the decision. This is my decision. And I think that that is... That is what you're talking about. Like I had the the power during that trip where I was seeing all the apartments and I could see that in all different places and houses and whatever, the different people in my family would like them for different reasons. Mm. And I thought, you know what, at the end of the day, I'm the one that's the most important. And I accept and acknowledge that I live with other people and we're a family but this will work for all of us and it will work for me the best. <laughs> yeah, look, I think it is a power thing because I would have said, I think my advice, if you would have asked me this question with me not going through the situation, I would have given all this logical advice about you've got to sit down with your partner and you've got to decide you know, what exactly are the rules and you do it together and you decide what it is that you want and then that person goes off and they find and they report back. But the thing is, we all know that that's not how apartment hunting or house hunting in other countries works, right? Because it yeah, you, it just doesn't work that way in that I think about house hunting in Jakarta and house hunting in Libya and we didn't have to do hunting in Kuala Lumpur because I just took the quickest you earliest just walked, thing met a woman at a coffee and i met a said, woman for I'll coffee and said i'll take your house you've got two kids so i reckon that'll work um and i'll take your car as well while we're at it um so obviously you know before g left we said right we need to have three bedrooms and i was very specific about why i wanted three bedrooms and it had to do with sort of exercise equipment and kids coming home and you know enough space because i think in apartment living we're going to be living a lot more on top of each other than we have in the past yeah and um obviously g's gone out there and the reality is a little bit different of what you what you get for the bang for your buck and like you said, it's that whole knowing the area. Do you know, he's he's showing me things that you go, oh, that looks amazing. That looks fantastic. It's right on the beach. And then and he says, yeah, but there's a security guy that sits literally on your front fence all day looking through the window. Mm, well, maybe not so cool. Um, <laughs> you know, um, just all those little things that you can't, like you said, you can't see in a photo. And quite yeah. often miss in a video. So I ended up, because it, it was getting a little bit hectic at our house, G, it's not his favourite thing to say that he like he doesn't enjoy going and looking at things. He just wanted it to be done. And so I enlisted the help of a, a friend in Doha. Hello, Natalie, how are you if you're listening? And, and asked them for their advice and their help. Because I think I'd got out of that as well about the network of Doha because I've lost so many friends in Doha. It was my usual people that I would have asked are no longer there, it, which is, it still astounds me that I've only been gone 18 months and really we've lost an entire group of friends. 
But uh, it was wonderful to enlist the help of friends who, and I think women just uh, have a whole different level of, oh, there's these great people that live in this apartment and these people are really fantastic. You'd love them. You need to go and live there or, you know. <laughs> right. the, There'll be two, two stories up. There's yeah. like wine on the balcony with them. Yes, yes. Whereas G's not thinking about that. <laughs> So anyway, we have we have found the apartment, which I did send you uh, a little video yesterday to show you. And I am, yeah, I am very excited about getting back there. And it's getting amazing. There. And it does have two bedrooms and you're talking about the difference between two and three. But you could fee- sleep about 10 people in that bedroom. <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking compared to the bedrooms I have in our apartment here. Just talking about being at coffee mornings, Kirsty, and snapping up houses. I went to a coffee morning this week. And there was a discussion at the coffee morning where someone was said, oh, I'm still looking for a place and, you know, we're having trouble. And someone said, oh, well, uh, so-and-so is leaving unexpectedly and their house is available and it's not on the market yet. And within 15 minutes, there was a group of women leaving the coffee morning <laughs> to go <laughs> and uh, investigate the yeah. house that has not been yet on the market because that is how networks work and that is why it is worth going to those coffee mornings that's exactly it and we all know it that you've got to whenever you land new somewhere you've got to go to those things and meet those people and do that networking okay Kirsty. so my question is if you're having a whole new start you're moving (laughs) to the other side of town like another country so international women's groups uh do you join them or do you not so i'll i'll start um I have in the past joined uh, in different countries, Australians in Hong Kong or whatever I did join there. And um, I think after nothing much in South Africa or the next country, but in Germany, I I joined an organization called uh, the American Women's Club of Hamburg, which was very, very not American. I mean, there are Americans in it, but it it has a lot of international people and it is very embedded in the city. So it it has that continuity and that uh, in that there are people who've lived there for 20, 30 years who are, who are the stalwarts of the club. And then they're used to sort of all the new people coming in, all the activities. And they had loads of things like movie clubs and walking groups and top mums and tots groups and, you know, events for, for women's month and you know just just really great lots of things like you could edit the newsletter be a film reviewer or you know and and loads of sort of ad hoc sort of activities which I really quite enjoyed anyway I went to a an activity fair at school which actually I've never had this before I don't know whether you've had it in any place you've lived it was it's a was a great concept so for new parents or for parents at the school they hold at the beginning of the year what they call an activity fair so that people can have a table and you can come along and you can say okay well here's the book club that we run at the school so if you want to join here's about joining the book club here's the sport booster club but also then people from the community come. So, you know, there's no rugby at school, but here's the local rugby club. And so you can sign up to this rugby club for your kids and or for you as an adult. And the same thing, parents boot camps, you know, yoga, Pilates, sketching, all sorts of amazing things. And there was uh, also the American Women's Club of Copenhagen. And so I dropped by the table and said, oh, hi, you know, I belong to the Hamburg chapter. And apparently I can't transfer my membership. Bit disappointing. <laughs> and the other one was... Uh, and you don't international- have to be American, obviously. You don't have to be American, no. You can be any international. And the other one was an international women's club of Copenhagen. And I was... I'm new at the school. I was there by myself. So I was sort of walking around a little bit tentative, but, you know, sort of... You know, when you walk past a group of people talking, you don't necessarily just bowl up and say, Hi, I'm Kirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was a, a group of women talking at this table and uh, I sort of just looked down. I couldn't really tell what it was and sort of smiled and, and, and moved on. And they said, oh, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just having a look. <laughs> they said, well, uh, not going to join then? I was like, well, I'm not really sure what you're doing here. And they said, well, you've got your networks all established already. I was like, oh, I feel attacked. Uh, but it, it was... 
And so, but it was an international women's group and I stopped and talked to them and they were very sad. They asked me to stop because then, of course, we all know I love talking and they (laughs) probably missed about 10 opportunities to stop other people as I was there taking up their time. But I just wondered whether you uh, have joined international women's groups in the past and how that experience was. I want to know, did you join? I didn't join. I took a brochure that had a brochure. I was like, brochures, super wow. old school. Like, like, it's not a QR code. It's a physical brochure. <laughs> and it was big and glossy. Like, it's A4 size fold wow. out. Um, Someone's got design and- skills in the group. <laughs> and theirs is actually a local organization. So I said, is this is this connected globally? Like, do you have, is this in other cities and countries and they said no no it's it's just one for here and I said oh okay excellent and it was interesting I didn't join but I did take the brochure I took a lot of brochures and lots of scraps of paper <laughs> it was all about the QR codes but there yeah. were some of those too uh but but that's where I'm at so yeah I didn't join but I'm considering mm. it <laughs> so to answer your first question yes the school that I was at in Doha had something similar but nothing for I don't know well I was going to say nothing for parents that I can remember um unless you'd say that the baseball club was just as much for parents you know because they were going to end up (laughs) running the show and (laughs) bringing the eskies and um you know sweeping the bases and doing all of that but yeah there would be a night at the beginning of every year and it was called activities night and you could go and learn all about same thing you had some people that were part of the school some people that weren't but I can't remember it being there being anything for the adults it was really all about the kids this is what the kids can do I wish there would have been more for the adults because I think that would have been brilliant and I think it's a brilliant idea and yes I have joined um international groups not so much as, as late but when I was in Jakarta I was in the Australian New Zealand group which was amazing they had a house um that's where we did our antenatal classes um I, that's where I joined my first you know baby group they had a coffee morning on Friday mornings where they had you know just a house full of all different ages and stages of women and then from that group sprang the um you know canasta group or the um you know whatever sort of activities and then they had a massive fashion parade as well or was that the British women? I don't know. There'd be people in Jakarta screaming at me at the moment saying, no, that wasn't them. But I think it was. <laughs> I think it was. Um, and then uh, in KL, I joined another women's group. I remember the Americans group was always like, <laughs> I think we've all grown into the American group now because I think the American group in Jakarta, they were doing bomb checks and having, you know, much bigger, grander affairs. <laughs> before we were and I guess it's probably a little bit like that now in a lot of places but I I love those groups for meeting people and getting started I think when you're somewhere for a long time you get out of joining you know you get out of going to those things you make your group of friends then obviously they move on and you find yourself a little bit stuck And I think it's sad that we all feel comfortable doing it when we first get somewhere and then we maybe don't feel as comfortable doing it three years on and four years on because you should. You should continue to do those things. Unless you become a stalwart and you run the whatever division or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, Yeah, I love those things. And I tell you, I wonder if I love them more now because I'm here in Australia and those things just don't exist do you know it's very easy to tuck yourself away in Australia and not get involved in anything yeah and and that's what I've always said you know when I left Australia I realized that new people to places needed people to help them yeah because <laughs> you know, I would think about if I, if I was just living my life in Sydney and had never left the country and I met someone who was new to the country or the city I'd say oh hi how are you you know whatever, and go on my way yes. whereas now I think I'd say oh you know we must do something or have you done this or should we do something because I think that people are really looking for something to do and when she said to me oh you've got your own network have you I wanted to say well I know some people <laughs> <laughs> 
but I just, I, I, I was like, well, actually, I don't. I, I just wanted to be a smartass. And then I was thinking, well, I don't really. You know, here I am walking around by myself trying to find people to talk to and you all look a little bit much because you're all talking mm. together and I, and I didn't sort of approach. So the answer is, is no, I don't have a network. And I the other thing I noticed was it was on a Friday afternoon and as people were saying, as people were leaving, they go, I'll see you tomorrow, I'll see you on Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm not seeing anyone tomorrow I wanted to say, oh. what are you doing without sounding so desperate and needy? But I just yes. wanted to know what people do because yes. that that's two, that's based on two things. One is like I'm new in a new country and what do people do when they catch up on the weekend here in Copenhagen? Yes, yes. And the other thing is, is it's really been two years since I've caught up with anyone on the weekend because of Corona. <laughs> so yes. it, it's not like I've had, I'm, I'm doubly uh you know unbound yes. you know doubly awkward in my weekend social activities yes. so it was just um i really thought about it afterwards and i was thinking oh i'm not going to join and i was thinking oh maybe i should because you know then when they said see you tomorrow i could say yeah see you there i'll be at the <laughs> whatever whatever go and join the groups go and sign my advice is go and sign up to everything make as meet as many people as you can and just enjoy doing that because that is not my world at the moment at all. <laughs> and yeah, I would yeah, I would, I would have to say to one thing I do do, which is not great, is I go somewhere and I go once. I'll go mm. once. And if I don't connect with anyone or I don't feel like I sort of it sort of worked out, I don't always go back. Yeah. And that's not what you should do. No. You should oh, go we've back all again. Been that person, and we've all been the person that's gone to the activities night like you did, and heard everyone say, "I'll see you tomorrow, see you on Tuesday," and then walked back to the car and cried. <laughs> that would have been me. It would have been. Oh. Well, can I just say that I I was feeling a little bit down in the dumps, and I went outside and I was talking with um, a long term expat who's been here for ten years, and we were walking together to our bikes. And then we unlocked our bikes. And then when I started riding, I said, which way you go? She said, I'm just coming with you because I, I can just go home afterwards. So she <gasps> rode home with me, which oh. was just so lovely. And when, then we stopped on a street corner and talked for about sort of 15 minutes as we were going to turn separate ways. And I said, you know, if I had a bottle of wine and my apartment didn't look like a secondhand furniture shop, I would totally invite you upstairs now. <laughs> but I don't have a bottle of wine in my fridge, which is horrifying. And how can I be expecting to see people the next day if I don't? Yeah. And uh, and my apartment was just not up to it. But since then, I've, I've worked on the apartment. So now it's up to it. Now I just have to put some wine in my fridge and then I can invite people up anytime I want. <laughs> That is absolutely brilliant. And that woman who did that is a superstar. Like she she obviously hasn't forgotten what it's like to be brand new. And that is so lovely. And why don't you have a bottle of wine? I don't well, that's very that's what I that's what I was just thinking about. I was just thinking, why don't I have a bottle of wine? I had some empty wine bottles on the shelf, so maybe I don't know, I just hadn't replenished. I'm not sure. Because I wasn't thinking about it as a weekend. I wasn't thinking about it like this is Friday. <laughs> but yes, and I said to her, you know, you're very very sweet, you're very kind. And, you know, some places I've lived, long term expats don't make new friends, you know, because they, they're like Yes. I'm here long enough. It's yeah. too hard, you know, the, the, the turnover and whatever. And um, she's like, oh, no, I never thought about it that way. So anyway, yeah, she serious. sounds nice. What nationality is she? She's American. Yeah, they're nice, those Americans, aren't they? They're very friendly. They are. They are. An Australian would have said, oh, I don't know if I can be friends with her. She doesn't have any wine. <laughs> I could have killed myself. I could have shot myself in the fridge there. I mean, in the foot, not the fridge. It's like I could just see her thinking, you don't have wine in your fridge? What is that about? Uh, she said, she was very kindly said, oh, I have to go and do dinner anyway. I was like, oh, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. There it is. It's over. It's over. Anyway, Kirsty. Okay, see. bold statements. Nikki, what was your bold statement? You were going to clean up the storage space that I can see behind you. Well, no, not well. Yes and no. So I, we have a storage space downstairs, which uh-huh. we we're still in the middle of, and we have a lot of things that were storage 
space but still in our apartment so they have all gone to the storage area so now our apartment is clean and it's just shelving that's already packed that needs repacking but it's a big step in the right direction so i am very very happy with that and then my uh upcoming week is i have decided made an executive decision to walk 300 kilometers in september and uh so that's like a 10k a day thing and i yeah so that's my bold statement it's pretty bold because on the first day i forgot to do it 10k a day you're gonna do (laughs) the problem is i'm having is my strava is absolutely screwing me so i i went for a walk the other night with my daughter and i said i'm going off to do my 10k she said oh well i'll come and go for a run i was like okay this seems unusual but you can come along and we walked out into the park across the street from us and found out there was a whole nighttime marathon going on that we had no idea about so we sort of our, our walk got a bit derailed we kept walking but we couldn't do sort of the loop and whatever we were thinking about and then we walked down some – anyway, we got home and it said I'd been walking for 45 minutes and done 10 kilometres. And I said, I have not. And so I looked at the map and it's got all these jiggy, jagged bits like I've been walking sort of in and out and in and out. And I thought, oh, well, maybe that's because there was a marathon and there was thousands of people with, you know, Strava. GPS devices yeah. and it was, it was screwing with everything. So then I went yesterday morning and I went for 12Ks and I, because I'm a bit behind, and I came back and it said I'd done 20Ks in two oh. hours. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is not working for me. Strava, I need help with my Strava. So if anyone is listening and they've had a Strava problem that's similar and can help me, please let me know. I know because my other app that just records my walking anyway told me how far I went, So yeah. which also seems much more realistic in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm going. I'm going to resolve it, and I'm going to do it. So, you're very welcome to join. I'm just doing um, some st- Insta stories where I just hashtag 300 in September because I also think it's a great way to learn about the city and walk around my area. Absolutely. So that's what I've also done. And 10 10 k's for me is a good hour and a half walk. I'd have to probably have to break it into two walks because I do walk a dog as well. Yeah, so. I know. That's easy. An hour and a half, gosh, it's more like probably two hours. Is that what probably is for me? For me so you're obviously me. very fast. No, I'm not. I just haven't done it for that long that I've obviously forgotten. <laughs> okay, so that's yours. And I think I might jump on the bandwagon with you and see if I can do 250Ks in September. I will report back next week. Um, Nikki, mine was I was going to do the responsible adult um, oh yes certificate. are you a responsible adult now so i have signed up <laughs> i have paid i have registered and now i've got x amount of days to get it done but i have to say i've got a mock tasting exam tomorrow for my wesset course so um that's kind of taken up a bit more of my attention in the last couple of days but the rsa at least i'm now registered and done and i've got a date because you have a date that you have to do it by you once you Mm. sign up so i'm on the road i also did my resume this week so i did an extra job um but i'm not completely finished but i have done a, a specific wine resume and this week i will apply for a cellador job so i will come back and report back on that one next week. now i know why you horrified with me not having wine in your fridge you're doing a wine tasting <laughs> wine in my fridge i mean oh i just cannot imagine not having you wine, wine in the fridge. all the time yeah <laughs> yes i've always got wine in the fridge and yeah i just cannot imagine not having wine in the house which says more about me than it does about you uh yes anyway nikki three favorite things oh kirsty kirsty you know i'm all about what's now what's what's big what's abba on tiktok come on yes yes (laughs) i saw that on all consuming um kim's tiktok she said i've returned to tiktok solely for this and yes, I've seen every uh, man in his. Clips. Yes, doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're not on TikTok because everyone shares them anyway. But yeah, it is amazing because uh, obviously all the the pop culture podcasts and whatever are talking about Abbott making the comeback. 
And none of the people talking about it were born when ABBA was a big thing. Like, it's just the weirdest thing to hear them say, well, you know, of course I was born after ABBA, but, you know, I remember the movie Mamma Mia. And, and, yeah. and, and they give you this big history, like it's like a big history lesson. And this is all the things you need to know about ABBA. And I keep thinking... This is the funniest thing I've ever listened to because you know, Abba, when Abba's part of your childhood, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's the giveaways when they talk about Abba and they talk about it in a Greek context and you think, why are they talking about this, <laughs> these, this band from Sweden like this Greece? It's because they're talking about Mamma Mia, the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but so I've, I mean, like a lot of people, I've gone down the ABBA uh, rabbit hole this week. But one of the most interesting things they're doing is this concert that they're going to be doing next year, this virtual concert where they'll be themselves as holograms. Mm. So a lot of the photos you'll see on in the media are of them in these suits where they're, you know, where it does all the, like a movies where it takes where all your body actually is and then it projects that somewhere else. So, uh, so there's been lots of discussion about, you know, is that for aging? Is that, what is that for? Can they, at 75, can they not sort of bop away the whole night on a stage? Probably like, not. Oh, I imagine, like after 40 years of not doing concerts, I mean, it's different if you've done yes. it the whole time, like if you're the Rolling Stones or you do or someone, but these yeah. people have not. So, but anyway, Abba on TikTok, it's a bit of fun. And actually I shared it in a group. I said, oh, look at this. And I shared the sort of the, exactly the same one that, that All Consuming shared. And someone said, am I, are you recording something? Like, are you releasing an album? No. She's like, I didn't know if I was meant to recognise the people in the room. At the oh, end. she didn't recognise them? She didn't recognise them in their current form you know no you know anyway it was it was just interesting all right so that's that's one of my favorite things the other one that i the other favorite thing that i've got is a series i've started watching this week called clickbait which Mm. is on netflix and it's another thing that's very now everyone's talking about it yeah um it's eight episodes and the first episode a video surfaces of someone being held hostage and it's one of those ones where you just hold up the signs you don't speak and it says you know i'm i abuse women and i murdered someone or i murdered a woman or one of the things anyway that it's that's no giveaway because it's the first 15 minutes of the episode that that happens Mm -hmm. uh and the video says if this if this video gets to five million views uh i I will be killed and uh, so it's a son, his sister sees it when it's a few thousand views and then sort of, then she goes from there. And so, but the interesting thing is each episode follows the point of view of a person. So a person involved in the case. So the first episode ah. is the point of view of his sister because she's at a family dinner. They have an argument that is the opening scene. So I'm really not giving anything away. Yeah. And then this happens. And so it, it sort of traces back with her, what is going on, you know, and, and the guilt of having the last thing she did was had an argument with him, et cetera, et cetera. And then yeah. that goes, the next point of view is his wife and then the detective and then a reporter on the case. And so, and yeah. it's it's got a lot of twists and turns and it's really not bad. I'm really quite enjoying it. I've, you're the second person who has recommended that. I read yesterday someone wrote saying you have to watch clickbait. It's really, really good. It, it is. Like it, it is one of these things where it's it still has all this complexity. Like it's not sort of slick and fast and and – it's one of those sort of in-between ones where there's still mm-hmm. a lot of complexity in the people and the story and everything about it. Mm-hmm. And so when you see, and I'm really, it's hard, I think it's really hard to do the different points of view episodes well. Yes. I, I do think that because it can be just like, wait, what? This is weird. But I think the first started in the different points of view episodes first became pretty mainstream in the um What's the show about the the affair? Oh, the affair. It's called the affair, right? Yes. Where they do half the episode from the point of view of the yes. of one partner and half the episode from the point of view of the other partner, and that sort of made this sort of genre a bit more popular. But I I really I really I strong recommend for clickbait. So far, I'm halfway through. The Don't one, know what happens. The one I think about where you've got everybody's different point of view is the slap. 
Remember the slap and they had yes. different characters? Yeah. And Kylie Ladd, the author, often writes like that as well. She'll write yes. in that same form. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that form of writing of um, of of seeing every different story from a different perspective. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. And the third thing I would say that I'm watching that I've only watched one episode of, but everyone says you've got to be watching right now. And there's, but now there's lots of critiques. First, it was that you've got to watch. It's amazing. Now there's like, uh, it's not that great. You know, people that time yeah. is the chair with Sandra O. Oh, it's also uh, yeah. online. And Sandra O oh is um, a character in a, in a sort of a stodgy Ivy League ish. U.S. University, and she is the chair of the department, and it's all the all the things that come with that: uh-huh. her personal life and all the faculty, the old members, the union members, the clash between it, and and how it all works together. And you know, Sandra O oh is a pretty good actress, and Brilliant. most things she's in pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I loved her from Grey's Anatomy onwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, Killing Eve, and you know, other Killing things she's been in more recently. Brilliant. So yeah. Um, the chair is is the third thing on my list. I've only watched one episode, but I'm I'm definitely going to be watching the rest. So okay. that's my three, Kirsty. What about you? The series that I've watched most recently is one on the BBC called Life, and I watched it in Australia on binge. But when I was watching it, a couple of scenes popped up where I thought. Oh, I've seen this and I realised it's obviously been marketed on social media quite a bit to the characters. Um, I watched the first episode going, hmm, uh, it's very much um, a show that's based on sort of four different, I was going to say people, but it's the people in their lives as well. So I'd say four different households where it's that fantastic thing of then as the series goes on, you see how their lives intertwine and where they come in together. So you have Ah. those moments where you go, oh. But what I loved about this show, because once I needed, and I think I'm just one of those people, I think I need to get through every first episode of anything I've decided. I think I'm not quick to fall in love with a show. Do you know I need time so I watched the first one going "Mm, I think she's really overacting and I'm not sure about this and then by by episode two I was right in by episode three you're having those (gasps) moments of oh my god that's how they're connected do you know it's that um and what I was going to say is my favorite thing is one of the characters is a 70 year old woman and it just really I loved seeing a main character as a 70-year-old woman for a start because we don't see that on on our television screens at all. But it starts with her being very, very flustered and she's going to pick up her husband from an appointment. He's he's been to hospital to have an appointment and she has to pick him up and she's all flustered and she's crazy busy and she's sort sort of appears a bit dizzy and, you know, she's on the phone and she nearly... Uh, take someone out on the road there's a woman crossing the road and she nearly hits her because she's talking on the phone and too busy and too flustered about getting to her husband on time because he'll freak out if she's late anyway she gets out of the car to say I'm so sorry I'm so sorry looks at this woman they kind of look at each other funny and they realize that they knew each other at school you know 40 years ago oh wow yeah and it's that oh my gosh you know you're Mary Smith oh wow you're blah 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 anyway she says to the woman look I literally my husband's just around the corner can I give you a lift? I'd really love to catch up with you, but I've got to get him because he'll be, you know, worried. So the woman gets in the car and they all end up going for a cup of tea together. And all through having the cup of tea, you're kind of looking at the husband and you're thinking, oh, yeah, he's a man of his time. He's kind of a little bit mocking of, of his wife and um, his name's Henry. He's sort of very English, pompous sort of thing. But the, the school friend's looking at her just sort of funnily and when they when they leave the school friend says you know I'm just really surprised I I you were so confident at school you were the lead singer of the band you know you were wild you were crazy I'm just I I'm surprised you know because they're talking about how their lives have sort of panned out yeah and it sticks with this woman this 70 year old woman goes (laughs) home you can tell that it just sticks with her 
for days. Like, what did she mean? And so she tracks her down and goes back to find her and says, you have to tell me what you meant. You can't say something like that and walk away. You have to tell me what you meant. And the woman doesn't want to tell her and she pushes and pushes and pushes. And basically the woman says, look, your husband... Your husband belittles you constantly and he really mocks you and you've lost all your confidence, like you're not who you used to be. And so it takes you down this road of who you once were and who you are now and what would have happened had you not married that person and why you married that person and um, being who you are and then to complicate it all and I'm not once again I'm, it's not a spoiler alert because you find out in the first you know whatever the husband is is diagnosed with a with an illness that is going to end his life so she's having this moment of oh my gosh she's right because she she does she ends up looking at her husband differently and looking at her life differently and thinking yeah, it took that woman to point it out to go, yeah, he doesn't take me seriously. Do you know, he does he does mock me. Um, and it's when she's giving her speech at her 70th and he keeps butting in and thinking he's being fabulously funny and he's not. And <laughs> so I, I really, really liked it. Um, the other characters are a, a woman who's um, having a baby um, with a one-night stand who she doesn't end up with. She ends up with someone else, but the one-night stand kind of comes back to get involved as she's having the baby. Um, a woman who was childless by choice who ends up having to kind of look after her niece because there's mental health problems. And then a man who's recently widowed who because he's recently widowed he finds out that his wife had a secret life and he's trying to sort of get to the bottom of it because she dies somewhere in a tragic accident where he can't work out why she's there or what she was doing and it all becomes sort of apparent it is this show new or is i think it, it was about august last year i reckon um, I don't know. I reckon I've seen some of it or it's some of it sounds Yeah, familiar, well, this but, is uh... what I was. You know how I said to you, oh, I think they must have, I think they must have pushed it all on social Shared media. Stuff. Yeah. Because I was the same. Like there were scenes of it where I thought, oh, I've seen this. But I think it's just because they put it out on the BBC media. And I was a big watcher of Motherland, which is a BBC one. And I think it just came up in my feed a lot, you know, because I shared motherland and i liked motherland and watched it so there were a couple of scenes but i didn't know the story and i didn't the story of the widow the man whose wife is like that's a brilliant storyline and i was absolutely shocked when i when it all sort of came to be what had happened but i would it's a strong recommend for me it's just called life i think the title is really bad um life is a shocking title because when you go to type it in to go and find out more about it, there's a there's million different shows. Things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes. Look, so that was mine. Uh, the other one was I watched a TED Talk on grief and not moving on. Um, it was poignant to me because it was Father's Day um, and I don't think my sister will mind me saying my sister and I have had a lot of conversations about my dad and just how difficult we're finding it and and grief and that it's just this daily thing Nikki that you know about because you've lost your mum and I I don't think until you lose a parent you you don't realize just how often you're crying in the shower or crying in the car or yesterday I was at the football and I was having a fabulous time I went to local uh, port football and I was having a great time and then the next month I'm I'm sitting there I'm crying like while I'm watching the football because I know that my dad would have absolutely loved it you know so um, I had watched a, a clip on it's a TED talk um, I should have the woman's name here. I haven't written it down, but I'll put the link. Um, yeah, I think her name's Erin somebody, um, but it's brilliant. And she lost a husband, a father and a baby 
all in a very short space of time. Yeah, it's and a great one. It is really good, isn't it? And she mm. talks about how, and the phrase she used that I thought, yes, I've never thought about that, was um, she was saying, you know, after the last casserole's been delivered, that that is possibly the time that the world thinks that you need to kind of move on and that we don't make those stipulations on anyone else in anything else in their life but we kind of do with grief that we sort of you have your funeral and you have your moment and then we talk about it for a while and then you're meant to just continue on um and I just found it really really helpful in that you don't have to move on yes you do have to move forward but you don't have to move on and there's nothing wrong with talking about that person and celebrating that person and being sad about it and you're never going to not not be sad about it I thought she was really good and my sister has uh, got up this morning and watched it again this morning she said to me because she said she it kind of for her when I sent it to her she said I feel like it's given me a release to be able to yeah, yeah, and that's good because you feel constrained by society and what society expects of you. Yes. You feel that, you know, okay, society expects me not to burst into tears at the bus stop anymore, mm. you know, when I'm picking up the kids because whatever. Like, I mean, I cried. I mean, my mom died nine years ago and I cried when we moved to Denmark because she was always the first person to visit us in a new country and yeah. this is a country she doesn't know we live in you know yeah. depending on your views on life but you know like yeah. and she would have loved it i mean there's so many things she would have loved about what we're doing and where we're living and and who my kids are now and but she's not seeing it and and i i still cried and i'll probably cry again next time we move countries for the same reason yeah it's not it doesn't go away but if some i said to someone and they said why you're crying oh well this is why i'm crying they think oh that's a bit weird because society says you know after a certain amount of time the memories are meant to be happy not sad you know you're meant to just focus on the happy side of things Mm. and the sad things are meant to move past and sure, I don't cry as much as often as often as I used to, but I still do. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, Nikki, I didn't know. My girlfriend Roz sent me a Marco Polo message this morning. I say that because it was mm-hmm. you that got me onto Marco Polo, and <laughs> it has been amazing for my friendship with um, these two particular women. But she was watching Modern Love, and I thought. Oh, yeah, that keeps popping up in my Amazon Prime. And the reason it does is there's a series two of Modern series. Love. Someone yes. sent it to me this week as well and said yes. I'm loving it. Ah, oh, good. Okay, so I'm going to watch that. I'll talk about that next week. Have you seen that The Secret Lives of Us is going strong on Netflix at the moment? Oh, The Secret Life of Us, the Australian show. Yes, it's old. Ah, it's old, yes, old, it's old. It's got a young Claudia Kavan in it. As Sam Johnson, right? Yeah, and, Sam Johnson. They're yeah. all in their 20s. Um, yeah. I've uh, been putting it on, you know, when I've sort of been exercising or just TV that you can have on without actually watching. You can wash the dishes and do whatever. But it's a great blast from the past where I remember I loved that show I don't love it now but um it's a good one to go back and revisit on who we were what I mean what would that be 20 years ago I'm guessing so yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah no same thing and I think that that it's not only so we talk about corona being a, a COVID being a good time to sort of just watch things that make you feel nice and safe and comfortable yeah but but that and so everyone in the world's onto that right now but it's also you know the time in your life and what you're dealing with and and you know yeah. what's going on in your life it's sometimes it's nice just to watch things that may, are safe and comfortable for you yes. for that reason as well so yes okay nikki time to go uh we've done well we actually set a recording time stuck to it and we will do this again next week. And had no significant technical issues, which no. does happen. <laughs> um, and we're getting closer to that episode 200 every time. Yes. Okay. Good All chat. Right. I'll speak to you next week. See you next week. Bye.